0: If you have your Bibles, we're going to be in John chapter 16 today, I believe that's the, yep, John chapter 16, and before we get into the text, I just want to give a quick update, Um, we're updating our procedures for COVID-19, and we don't share all of these because it's, you know, there's so much happening with it, but this one we do want to share because it impacts you, and just, we've spoken with the network, and we've spoken with the person who's head of the COVID task force for the, the Radiant Churches, and Uh, kind of engaging like where things are in our own state so um, one of the things that we had decided back at the end of January is because we were growing we wanted to keep our capacity about 50 percent so we've asked you to save your seat and thank you for doing that by the way that's that's been awesome been helpful but we feel, we feel like we're at a place where we feel comfortable increasing our capacity here uh, just based on the timeline the state has released on their website last week of uh, when vaccinations will be out. And uh, so because of that, we're able to do an increase. The, the, the state hasn't really given any guidelines to churches other than making us exempt from all the things that they've been doing, which we've been grateful for. But we've been praying, just asking the Holy Spirit for the last year or year ago, we didn't know what we were dealing with when we paused the gathering. Well, now we do, and we have protocols in place, and we still have all the things that we talked about where we're cleaning surfaces, keeping a touchless service, things of that nature. But we feel comfortable at this point to make our gatherings about 80%. We've never hit 100% anyway. But uh, So what that means for you, this is the only reason we're bringing this up today, is what that means for you is starting this week, you no longer have to save your seat. I know we just said that, but this decision was made last week as we processed it with the network, the leadership and staff here at the church. So no more saving your seats. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. All right. And there was great rejoicing in the land. All right. We're good. So that's just all I wanted to say about that. Just to keep you updated on that. And I just want to say, hey, thank you for your patience. Thank you for your grace. I know everyone has been on different pages. We've not been on the same page. We've all been on different places with this. But we've given grace to each other, and I think that's awesome. So uh, thank you for doing that. Just continue to, to do your part, right? Just if you're sick, stay home. Um, just do be smart about it. I don't. We're all adults, so I don't want to go into, you know, wash your hands and all that stuff. So let me ask you a question as we jump uh, into the message today, and if you're here for the first time just joining us, we've been in the middle of a series talking about hearing God. Now, we don't that is true, we can hear God, but I have struggled with, it's that the word I want to use, hearing? Because it's more of a knowing, it's more of a discovering, more of an encountering God's voice. And so we've been spending the last few weeks talking about, well, if you can hear God, and I think if that was possible, I'd want to know that. So we want to share that with you, because it is possible. What is that, why would he do that? Well, one... Um, God is a God who wants to know us and be in relationship with us. It's not just there's an all-powerful being somewhere out there in the universe that we must obey. No, no. He's a God who loves us. He's a God who talks to us. He's a God who communicates to us. Well, why? Well, one, he wants to set you free. He'll free us from the wounds of our heart, the lies that we believed about our life. He wants to get us past the traumatic experiences, the negative events. He does that. He heals us. He's a God who restores us and heals us, and His voice also becomes a guide to us. So I want to ask a question, because today's the, the last of this series that, that we're going to be talking about this. What was the thing that Jesus said would set us free? Truth. Truth. Yes. It comes from John chapter 8. So Jesus said, You will know the? Truth. And the? Truth. Will? Yes. Oh, you know it. See, you know a Bible verse. There it is. That's, make that your one. So how is it that we come to know this? Truth that Jesus said will set us free. Set me free from what? Set you free from the lies that keep you thinking you're unworthy, that keep you held up in your bondage. Set you free from the addictions in your life that's been destroying. Set you free from the behavior that's having negative impact on your life. You can't seem to break the cycle. That freedom. Life. Aliveness. That's the thing he wants to give you. How does that happen? It happens through His voice. And I want to show that to you in uh, John chapter 16, verse 13. It will come up on the screen. It says, but when He, the Spirit of what? Truth. The the Holy Spirit brings truth to our lives. When He, the Spirit of truth, comes, He will what? Guide you, which we talked about a few weeks ago. That's one of the reasons we want to hear God we get guidance for our life. We'll make better decisions as followers of Jesus into all what? Truth truth sets us free. He will not speak on his own. He will speak only what he hears, and he will tell you what is yet to come. This is, to me, is a striking verse in the Bible. This verse says that God will tell us what's to come. Now, he's not talking about a prophetic. You're going to know all things about the future. What he's saying is, I'm going to guide you In your life. I'm going to tell you what's yet to come. I'll give you guidance to your life. This is why we want to hear God's voice. And it is through the Holy Spirit. That we have access to this truth. He illuminates truth in our life. And we follow it. We're set free. So let me just say this differently. Hearing God. Is your primary way. Of staying free. Hearing God. Is the primary way we maintain freedom. Paul tells us in Galatians 5 that Jesus Christ has set us free. It was for freedom, this is what it says. It was for freedom that Christ has set you free. And I love how Eugene Peterson translates it and he says, So stay free. How? Hearing his voice. You maintain your freedom by hearing God's voice. So then, the next question, a couple of questions, like, well, how does that, how does that work? And some of us are here. Maybe we've never heard God's voice, or we never even entertained that thought. And some of us are we we're frustrated, right? You hear this, you know, this frustrates me because I want to know this voice. How do you do that? Well, that's what we're going to talk about today. I've entitled my message "The Frequency of God's Voice." But I want, before I jump into that, how do we hear? How do we tune into God's voice? I want to give three reasons. If you're a follower of Jesus, because if you don't follow Jesus, you can't hear His voice. But three reasons if you're a follower of Jesus, why you may not be hearing His voice. Because the whole theme of our teaching has been, my sheep what? Yes, my sheep hear my voice. And the voice of the stranger they won't follow. This tells us we, we have access to God's voice. Why can't we hear Him? Number one, unbelief. We really covered this last week. Remember, unbelief. It's impossible, Scripture says, it's impossible to approach God unless we believe. And so we gave that illustration last week. So if you want to know how to have belief in hearing his voice, listen to last week's message. Because hearing God, it's impossible to encounter God without believing he exists. You'll never never—you'll encounter him unless you believe that. We gave that whole story that I shared last week about our, our atheist friend, who would believe if he had an encounter, but takes faith to actually make that leap. So number two is there's busyness and distractions. This, honestly, is probably the primary one. Most of us don't hear God. We're too busy. And last week, again, we took the, last week has the answer to this. An unforced rhythm with God is how you're going to do this. It's how you can get if you're not spending this is how it is honestly within it because our faith is a relationship based faith. The only way you grow in any relationship is with being spending time together, bonding That's why we said last week we are uncovering or discovering his voice the same way that you uncover and discover things about your significant other, the people you love around your life. I still learn things about my parents, even though I've known them 46 years. I don't know everything about them, but I still learn as I'm spending time with them. But if we're too distracted, we're never going to encounter his voice. We must slow down. All through the Psalms, we hear things like, wait, be still, be still. Right? So there's this sense that Scripture gives us that when we pause and we spend time, we encounter a living voice. Now, this next one is not the most popular. It's especially in our culture today. We, we don't like really talking about hard things anymore. Keep it soft. Keep it gentle. Um, but the reality is we could possibly not be hearing God because there's rebellion or sin in our life. Rebellion. Or unconfessed sin. I, I, I've i heard stories where people will come and share a story with me. And they'll tell me, I can't hear God. And then we'll start unpacking that. And i ask them, well, can you remember the last time you heard? And they'll say, oh, yeah. Or they'll say, I've been sensing he wants to do this for me. He's been asking me to give this up. But I've not done it. I've been afraid or just couldn't do it. I'm like, that's that's the thing. <laughs> you you're, He's not going to give you the next thing if you don't obey the first thing thing. Unconfessed sin could keep us from hearing. Here's things I wrote about this. I don't want to teach on this stuff, so I'm just, I'm just skimming through it right now. It's, you have a hard heart. This happened with Pharaoh and Moses. God sends Moses to Pharaoh, and he keeps hardening his heart. He's rebelling against God, so he can't hear. Not responding when God does speak. Uh, not obeying when he reveals something. Ignoring convictions. You have a sense, or this thing that's been prompting you, and you keep ignoring that. Well, you're not going to hear his voice. If we don't obey what well, he's doing, it. let me just say this, because, because of this could come across as harsh, sin and rebellion. and Anything, even in terms of God convicting us of sin in our life, it's always gentle and it's always loving. Healthy parents do this. Healthy parents will want to adjust or correct a child because they what? Love them. Right? Anytime God is, is, is uh, compelling us to give something up, to, to change a behavior, or to do something that w- would, would benefit our life, it's always going to be in the attitude of love. But Isaiah says this in 59 too, your iniquities. This iniquity is an old word, basically means a habitual thing that you keep doing. A habitual uh, unhealthy thing in your life. Your iniquities have separated you from God. So it's not because he doesn't love you. It's, not, it's it, This happens in everyday life. Someone who has an unhealthy pattern that we say, be, because of your unhealth with your addiction or something, we have to put boundaries in place. This is true for God. He puts boundaries in place as a, as a thing of protection, not because he's mad. He's not mad. He's wanting to rescue us. Your iniquities have separated you from God. Your sins have hidden his face from you so that you will not so that he, so that he will not hear, our 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 sin keeps us from encountering God's voice. The good news is He forgives us. We take it to Him. He'll empower you to get through that iniquity. Empower you to get past that thing that you're wanting to get past. But I want to talk about today how to hear God, and I'm going to real quick today share five things, and there's way more than five, but just five is all we're going to have time for today. Of if I could hear God, what does that look like? How how do we do that? So last week we talked about the posture of it, right? We must believe, we must have a rhythm. We start paying attention uh, to those promptings of the Holy Spirit. So today I'm gonna give you up five, but how we hear the God, how we hear God is through the Holy Spirit. It's what we just read. When the Spirit of truth comes, he will guide you, he will speak. When you become a follower of Jesus. He puts the Holy Spirit on the inside of you and the Holy Spirit is how you tune in to his voice. This is how we hear God. So a lot of us you have a receiver on the inside of you called the Holy Spirit. But often this is what we hear. And you're saying Pastor Mike I'm hearing you say, "We if I pray, if if I get in a groove and a rhythm," but this is all I'm hearing. I got a little tuner on here. You're like I'm hearing nothing. Keep the rhythm, because you're dialing it in. I've been doing this for weeks. Yes. Keep the. The microphone is interfering. Can you hear this? In this room right now, there are it's the right In this room right now, there are all kinds of radio frequencies going through this room, going through you, in and under the chair, all over this room. You can't see them, you can't hear them, but they are there. And it's the truth is it's the same with God's voice. And you have a Holy Spirit receiver placed on the inside of you. And if we'll pull the antenna up, and if we'll start spending time, you start dialing in that receiver. You start dialing in that tone, and you discover, oh, this is the frequency. When you're hearing the static, it's the three things we've talked about. It's, or, or four, you don't, you don't have a relationship with God yet. And if you don't have that, we, you'll, you'll have a moment for that later today. One, uh, it's unbelief. Two, it's maybe this rebellion in our life. Three, we're just so distracted and busy, we haven't got time to, to work the dial. Now that we've talked about that, how do we hear God? Or how does he speak? What are the methods of encountering his voice. I'm going to give you five today we're going to go quickly through these. Number 1 is scriptures. Number 1 is scriptures, the Bible. This is in fact if you're new to this, this is where you start. This is where you start. God's word because everything about his voice must meet the criteria of this. If it doesn't come in alignment with his word, it's not him. He's never going to say anything that's contrary to his word. This is why we said have an unforced rhythm, get in his word, and he will speak through scriptures. Look at this verse in Daniel 9. This is Daniel who's reading the Old Testament. reading the Bible. He says, I, Daniel, understood from the scriptures according to the word of the Lord given to Jeremiah the prophet. He was reading his Bible, and he got a revelation. He gets an understanding. If you're new, this is where you start. I know last week we talked about that this is like a menu to the main meal. This is the menu. The Bible's the menu. God's the meal. But God has revealed to us that this this book is alive. Hebrews 4 says it's sharper than any two, the word of the God is alive, sharper than any two-edged sword, able to pierce the joint, the soul, and the marrow. There's aliveness to this. I like how Eugene Peterson said this is the only book in the world that reads you when you read it. It reads you. And you feel God. And the scriptures come alive. I have lots of examples for, for all of these. And let me just pause and just say the things that I'm sharing, I'm sharing not just because the Bible says so. Because sometimes, some some of us, that's not, like, it's not even in your realm. Like, I I don't care that the Bible says that. So we should, and I get that. I'm sharing this. I'll give you the text, and there's lots of text for all five of these I'm sharing. But I'm also telling you from experience. Because you can say all day long, I don't believe in the Bible. I get it. And, And there's no judgment. But I would say this. You can never discount my experience. So I'm sharing this both ways. I have experienced hearing God in these five ways. And, and here's some scriptures for the believers in the room that want to see where is that in the scriptures. So Daniel is, and there's many of them, but Daniel's one of them. So back in November, uh, if you remember, there was an uptick with this thing that I've stopped saying. Uh, so I try to go a day without ever saying COVID nineteen, but uh, oh, I said it. All right. So there was this thing, but the governor in November, because of the uptick and rises in cases, decided to pause restaurants and, and that those things, and movie theaters, things of that nature, and other churches. Churches started to do this, and I was calling other pastors, other churches, like, "Hey, what are you doing? How are you handling this?" And so I needed a word from the Lord. And so I started praying to God, are, are, we, are we supposed to pause this? Let me just say, we've tried our very best to just, you know, scriptures say obey the law of Caesar. And uh, so we've been doing our best to see what is the guidance from the government on all of this. But really our primary guidance has been the Holy Spirit. So I started taking to the Lord, am I supposed to pause the gathering? And I heard, read Leviticus on the, on the, uh, the uh, unclean and clean laws which is basically health laws. So I started reading, and I would see where if someone was sick, they would go to the priest, and the priest would isolate them for seven days. They'd come back on the eighth day, and they would isolate them again for another seven, which is ironic that the Bible knew about 14 days before science did. Just saying. Uh, (laughs) So, but but in there, there was this thing about isolating them. And now here's what the Holy Spirit said to me. Mike, isolate the sick, not the healthy. So it was a word from the Lord, and, and we, we put all kinds of protocols in place uh, to be safe in our gatherings, but I knew I'm not supposed to pause the gathering. And God used scriptures and brought it to mind, but I would have never known that had I not read it. So start reading this, and when you first start reading it, it may feel like static, but you just keep turning the dial every day that you read, and eventually you're going to get the frequency. Because hearing God through scriptures is going to be the primary way that you're going to maintain your freedom. Why? Because this will start changing the content of your heart. Number two is peace. This is a primary way, I believe, before there was a Bible, because this is, came around 300 A.D., how did they do this? They had to lean into the Holy Spirit, the receiver he put on the inside of them. Peace was a primary way that we are led by God's voice. So start here, and as you begin to dial in and tune in and discover him and his word, it starts taking shape in your heart, starts changing the contents of your heart. You start developing peace. Philippians 4, 7, and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, which means we can't wrap our head around it. Why? Because God's peace is different than the world's peace. What we do is we put parameters and boundaries on what we would say. When we have these things in place, then we'll have peace. Then, well, there is a peace that surpasses all understanding, which is why we can go through things, go through troubles, go through difficult seasons, go through things that are shaking other people's lives, but we are not shaken. How is it that there's no fear in them? Because we have a peace that we can walk through things that we're less disturbed than the rest of the world because God's presence And peace becomes a guide to us. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your mind. Your heart is the place you feel. It's your emotions. It's a little bit of your will. Your mind is your intellect, your thinking, where you're processing. And he says, I will bring a peace, and it'll start guarding your mind. It'll guard your thoughts. It'll guard the way you feel. And by that peace, you'll be able to have guidance. So it governs our lives. The peace governs Our lives is such parameters. One of the stories, lots of stories about how God has used peace, but I think it was 2009, 2010. I just lost my assistant. She had a couple of children. She wanted to be a stay-at-home mom. She was with me for seven years as uh, she took care of all the charting for the band. I was a worship leader before we moved here to Jackson. So, Uh, I needed, we needed, uh, one, we needed to hire another worship leader because the church was like a couple thousand people. So we needed another worship leader to help with that. And I needed an assistant. Well, this guy named Jared, he turns in his resume. He was an intern for a church in Grand Rapids. A friend of mine called, I called a friend. He said, I got the perfect guy for you. Jared comes down. And he is hitting all the criteria. He is an excellent singer, excellent musician. He's administrative. He loves the Lord. He has a pastor's heart. Like everything about him is perfect for the job. But I'm looking at it, I'm like, Jared is actually overqualified. We can't pay him what he's worth. But I sit Jared down and I say, hey, we love you. You're doing a great job. You're checking off all the boxes. And uh, here, here's what it looked like. I said, but here's the thing. Our our initial hiring is, is, is this amount. We can actually pay you what you're worth. And then he says this. He says, oh, I, I actually don't care about the money. I just want to be. And I am like taken back by this. Well, this was during our, our, our 21 days of prayer and fasting. And so I was praying. And I had no peace about hiring Jared. So. This is odd, Lord, because he's everything on the boxes. He's got, you know, he even looks cool, too, if we could add that. Not that we judge that way, but you know you do. You look at their clothes. And I'm like, this guy, he worships like a cool worship leader. Skinny jeans and everything. Ripped up, everything. Just looks awesome. So uh, he's got all the boxes. But Jared, I, I call him up. I said, hey, Jared, I, I don't get this, but I have a check in my heart, and I'm feeling like, It's, I have no peace. And he's bummed. And then, of course, you know, in the corporate world, you just say you didn't get the job and they're done with it. They don't care. But in the ministry world, you're in relationship with people. So you're like, now i got to minister to him because I kind of broke his heart. You know, offered him something and said, no, it's not, it's not the Lord. The very next day. The very next day, John Perminsky, who was here for the prophetic press for you, you, guys remember Pastor John? John Perminsky calls me up and says, Mike, my worship leader just took a full-time position as a pastor at another church. I have nobody. Do you know anyone? I said, I got the perfect guy. <laughs> like, and so I called Jared and said, Jared, I know why the Lord didn't give me any peace. So Jared took the position there, became a full-time, stepped into a pay scale way where he's at, at his level, had I ignored the peace or the lack of it, because the peace becomes a guide. So if I have peace, I move in that direction. If I lack it, I'm pausing. Now, let me just give a caveat to this. Because sometimes we can, and I won't, can't unpack this, but sometimes we take fear and we won't move in the direction that God is calling us to and we say, I have no peace. When really you have fear and there's a difference. Fear is you're crippled because you're scared. Peace is I want to do it, but I'm getting a hesitation. So how does God speak? One, through scriptures. Start here. This is your prime. This is what you're going to measure. Everything, too, will come from the Word of God. Two, peace in your life. Number three, through impressions on our hearts and minds. Impressions through our, our hearts and minds. This could be a personal conviction. This could be a prompting. This could be a subtle impression. This could be a bold impression. Uh, This could be an idea that the Lord lays on your heart, a a desire He he drops in your heart, a prompting by Him. You could develop a burden. This happens a lot to missionaries. They develop a burden for the missions field. Well, that's the Holy Spirit leading them and speaking uh, to them. You see this for Moses? Acts 7, verse 23 says, Now when he was 40 years old, it came into his heart. So it wasn't a voice. It wasn't scripture. At 40 years old, it came into his heart to visit his brethren and the children of Israel. Why? Because God was going to use him to set the Israelites free. It took 40 years to do it. And he messaged, he gets, it gets messy, but how he knew is it was in his heart first. The Holy Spirit put it in him, so that desire that's birthing in you. These are these are this is how He leads. I'll give you a quick example of this. This is our first year here, and someone in our church gave me a packet from a missionary who was trying to from Jackson who was trying to raise funds. I didn't know they were from Jackson, but they said, "Hey, this guy is moving to Costa Rica to be a missionary there." Then they gave me this packet, and. I, I kind of dismissed it, honestly. I, I you know, set it in my office, I put it somewhere in the office somewhere, and maybe the, the person would say, "Hey, do you, you read about that missionary? Like, no, I haven't read it yet." And I was getting a lot of those things. We're a new church plan, people giving us stuff and wanting us to partner with them. And, but uh, our heart is if we don't know you, we, we probably won't partner with you because we've got to know you first. We want to make sure you're doing the things you're saying you're doing and you have credibility and things of like that nature well. One day I just thought, I need to to get through this so um, they won't bug me anymore about this. So I open the packet, and I start reading. And I find out he's from Jackson. And I flip over the the last page, and I'm not being moved at all. I'm just reading through it like this is their vision. This is what they want to do. This is where they're going to live in Costa Rica. Here's what their ministry is. And I get to the back, and I see his bio, and I just start weeping. Like a burden, like... Just instantly came on me, and I started weeping. Um, and I have never had this happen. And I thought, "What is happening?" And I heard the Lord say, "I'm giving you a burden for His ministry, so you'll support Him." Because I didn't know Him, it would it would take it would have to take God's voice for me to get behind it if I don't know You. Because uh, there are some things I can we can make intellectual decisions like this is a good investment. Let's invest here. But this was one of those things where it's going to take a prompt into the Holy Spirit. How does God lead us? What's the frequency? This is one of them. He just puts a burden or impresses upon our heart. You have access to God's voice. And it's amazing. And it's the main way we maintain our freedom. Because he speaks to us. Now, this prompting can also be convictions. This can also be. I got six minutes. Let me think about this. I want to deviate for a moment. Is that okay? I'll do do my best here. Because I want to talk to you about freedom. Just for a moment. Jesus says the truth that we know that sets us free. And we just read the Holy Spirit reveals that truth. And he will guide us and He'll lead us into things to come. So that tells us that the way we maintain freedom is hearing God's voice. Through the Holy Spirit. So if you have a bondage in your life. Let's say some addiction. Maybe you're addicted to spending, overeating, pornography, something like that. You can go to God's word and this will give you guidance to those things. Our faith is livable. It's not intellectual. And often we approach faith to intellectualism, prove it. Or... um, How can I, give me the do's and don'ts. So we can go here and and read in God's word, oh, it's wrong to be immoral this way. Like overeating. Indulgence, something like that, or overspending, or we know something unhealthy for our life, like alcoholism, or and we can read like, okay, being an alcoholic, this is not healthy for my life, and God's word says so, because God's word says this is not good, or, or because we realize that pornography is damaging to my marriage, and God's word shows that I'm going to stop doing this. Intellectually, we make a decision, I'm going to stop doing it. You see, you're following me? So, because I now know it. I've intellectually figured this out, so I'm going to stop doing this thing. And I may put parameters on my phone and send accountability uh, 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 reports to people who know me so they know that I'm doing the things because I figured it out. This is what I do. This is what I don't do. And our faith becomes mechanical. Or, and the result is, I'm not stealing, I'm not cheating, I'm not looking, I'm not overspending, I'm not overeating, I'm no longer in addiction because I found out intellectually. Or you can hear God who maintains your freedom. And on this side, of so that side is intellectual, what do I do, what do I don't do? On this side of it, it's you hear his voice, he sets you free. And you lose the appetite. You see the difference? Because over here, you still fight the appetite. You're still bound up. You may not be doing the thing, but you ain't free. But when you hear God's voice, because our faith is livable, you're free from the appetite. So this is why I'm saying these promptings. He'll just gently speak to you. He'll put it into your heart. Because you have the Holy Spirit who's dialing in these things. So, how do we hear? One is scriptures. Uh, two is peace. Three is through the promptings, impressions on our heart, and mind. Number four is other people. God will use other people to guide you. I didn't share this story last service, but I want to share it because I feel like this is for someone here today. We see in Acts chapter nine, Paul has, uh, and you know, doesn't believe in Jesus has an encounter with Jesus, but God sends Ananias to, to give him his sight back and, says, and gives him a prophetic word. So we see God using Ananias, and all through scriptures, God is using other people to speak, prophets mainly. In the Old Testament, there's prophetic voices. So he, he speaks. God will use other people to speak to you. And this can be in sermons. This could be a really close friend, a, a really godly friend. This could be through a godly podcast, a life-giving book. It could be something you watch on television. I'm not Now, be careful because so, you could get the wrong influence. This could be something like the prophetic presbytery that we had last week. Someone could get an encouraging word. Someone could be praying for you, and they tell you, I've been praying for you, and somehow it speaks to you. Other people is one of the ways that God will speak to us. So, I was new in my faith, 19 years old. And Jenny's grandma, who's grandma, and established in her faith, invites us to an event at their church. We didn't go to church at the time. But because it's grandma... You know, you got to do what Grandma says. And Grandma says you got to come to the event. So we're like, yes, Grandma will come. So uh, we go to the event, and I sit, like, I'm in the front row, and it was a, in a, a play called Heaven's Gates, Hell's Flames. And uh, I'm watching this event, and um, on the front row, uh, I hear God's voice for the first time. Not audibly, but in my mind, like we just talked about, I hear the Lord say, Hey, I was trying to go into country music. I actually had financing behind it, financing for demos and bios, and so working with people in Nashville, Tennessee, and Branson, Missouri, so it was a real movement was happening. And I'm in the front row, and and Jenny's grandma invited us to this event, and I hear the Lord say, you're using your gift for selfish reasons when people are dying and going to hell because God desires that no one should perish and be separated from him. Jenny's grandma, the other person, felt a prompting from the Lord to invite us. I responded to that, and I hear God for the first time. He speaks to us in in these ways. Let me share one more way. When we were going to plant this church, I served 17 years as associate pastor somewhere else. And Jen and I knew we were going to plant. We tell the pastor, I take him out for coffee. What do you think about us planting church? And he says, oh, I knew a year ago that you were going to plant. He says, but last month I had a dream. And in my dream, you came into our home, you and Jenny, and you said goodbye. And I knew you were going to leave. I woke up and I knew you were going to leave and plant a church. What is that? Another person. God is using another person to affirm what the Holy Spirit had already said to us. Often when someone is speaking to you, another person, and it becomes God's voice to you, they don't maybe not even know that God's using them. But it's something that's already resonated in your own heart and in your own mind. And it's like, what is this? Like, oh my gosh, I've been thinking about these things. And you're answering these questions. That is God. Which is why scriptures say, today if you hear his voice, do not harden your heart. What is that? That's when you're thinking about Him. If you're thinking about God, that means He's pursuing you. That's His voice. When someone is saying something that you've been thinking about and it's resonating, that's not a coincidence. That is God's voice. So the last one, which I'm not going to teach on, but it's the umbrella for everything else. Number five is various or uncommon ways. God is not limited because He's God. He is not limited in how he can talk to us. He is a miracle working God. The verse for this is Hebrews 1 1. God, who at various times and various ways spoke. God is not limited. He speaks one way, then another, though we don't perceive it. We've not picked up the frequency. What are these other ways? Could be dreams, like Pastor Lee. Could be a vision. It could be circumstance. God will use open and closed doors to guide you. Could be animals. Could be nature. Uh, you could—I've never had this, but you could audibly hear. There could be manifestations, songs. And some of you during worship, you're hearing these songs? You're like, "What is this peace I'm feeling? Why do I feel this?" That's the voice. That's His voice. That peace is His voice. He's pulling you. He's letting you know He's real. He's present. He's here for you. Here's why this is important. When we hear God, it changes the contents of our heart. When our contents of our heart changes, we get free. So I said a few weeks ago, without these glasses, you're all blurry. When you, when you, without God, life is blurry. But when you approach Him and say, "I want to know You, I want to know Your voice," it's like He gives you a new set of lenses. Did you get clarity? There's clarity now in the room. I can see you. When we hear God, it changes the content of our hearts. It's like putting glasses so we can see finally. Another way, it's like he gives us a receiver so we can now hear finally. So here's what I want to do. We're going to close in prayer. Let's stand up together.